Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Walk the Line podcast. I love you all. Thank you again for joining us. I have got a great guest for you today, guys. It's such a, an inspirational story. It's one of the stories that really kind of go, fuck yeah, like, a, you know, like the, an underdog story from had everything, lost it all, picked themselves back up. Oh, I love it. I love these sort of stories. But first, kind of want to talk to you about something. I've been doing this podcast for around about two years. The two-year anniversary is coming up next month, funny enough. So I want to do something special for him. And I want to reward and say thank you to all my regular listeners. Just to say, I appreciate you. I love you all. And I wouldn't be here doing this if you guys didn't come back and give me some great feedback and keep listening. So there's one person that I really want to start this off with. Um, as I say, I've been doing this for a couple of years, but there's I can't see who listens to it. I don't know where your names or anything like that. I just know where you are. And I've got a lot of people all around the world in different places and cities dotted all over the globe, which is great. I love that. But there's one person that I've noticed that's a concurrent listener all the time. And that person, every time I upload an episode, always there. Two, two days later, you can see them. And they're situated in Barcelona. So Barcelona in Spain. I always see that person has listened to the podcast, every single one that I put up. now. I hope that's a real person. I really hope it is. And if it is, and you're listening to this right now, I want to do something for you. As a way to say thank you, and a way to say, well, to kind of say, like, kind of reward you and say, well, basically, I shouldn't say reward you. I should, you should have a reward or a medal to listen to this. But just say thank you. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at uh, the Walk the Line podcast official. Make yourself known. Tell me who you are. And um, I will give you some free stuff. I'll give you some free merch or a free voucher, whatever you prefer. And that is me to say thank you guys for loyal listening. As I say, this person's been there every episode for God knows how long I can remember. And uh, that's just for me to say thank you. Now, obviously, it's a two-year anniversary. I want to keep doing this. So throughout the next six months, I will be doing exactly the same. I'll be looking. So anyone who's been listening all the episodes and doing all that, I'll be giving a shout out to you on air. Don't know who you are, but I'll give you a shout out. And I'll say, just to say thank you, I'll give you some free free merch, free vouchers, whatever you prefer. All right, guys. So again, thank you so much for two years of learning, awesomeness, and here's to another further two years. All right, guys. So that being said, let's go on to the next guest. My next guest this week is... A lovely and inspirational young lady called Jem Cooper. Jem had the world at her fingertips. She had everything in the way of dance. Every girl's dream is to be a dancer, you know, and she was living that dream. Early, young kids, five, six years old, actually being taught how to be a dancer by the Russians, the crazy Russians, and she was living the dream. It all came down, crashing around about her. Don't want to spoil it for you. But it all came down and she had to realize that she had to pick herself back up and get on with it. And then had all these ups and downs. You listen, I don't want to spoil it because Jem's story is just fascinating. And I love these sort of stories. People that have had everything and lost it all and picked themselves back up and fucking just grab the fucking life by the balls and go for it. Fucking great. I love it. I'm getting, I'm getting passionate about this because I love this sort of stuff. So now she's doing the same and she's helping others do the same as well. So guys, 
listen to the story. I hope you guys enjoy it. Jim's a great, great young girl. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, the most, the, what can I, I always say the most, the most inspirational person I've probably ever met, Jim Cooper. So, Jem, how you doing? Welcome to the, the Walkline Podcast. Great to have you on. Oh, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, inviting me. It's been great. You, um, what about Sally, the manager? Are you, are you, are you UK-based? No. So, I'm actually in Mallorca, which is in Spain, so um, in the wow. Balearic Islands. So, wow. yeah, a little bit warmer than where you are, maybe. <laughs> See, it's always, it's always the same thing when people say, like, what about you, Ryan? Are you, from, are you in Scotland right now? And I'm like, no, I'm actually in London. So, it's quite refreshing that someone else is now doing the same thing that I'm doing and just kind of mixing it up and, aha, full J, I'm not actually in the UK, in your face. Yeah, exactly. Well, and uh, anyone that asks me, where are you from? London? No, there's more places than just London in the UK. But yeah, most of the time I do say I just live in London because it's so much easier than explaining the, the tiny corner of the of the country that I, I was from. Where are you from in the in England? I'm I'm from Herefordshire. Hertfordshire. So a little Her- no, Herefordshire. Not oh, Herefordshire. Herefordshire. Ah. Is, oh my gosh. The trials and tribulations of living in Herefordshire, <laughs> which no one knows about when you try to explain your postcode or, you know, or your, um, your address to someone. Oh, Hertfordshire. No, still not. Other side of the country. <laughs> so I've made that mistake already. We started off well. So, um, so you're not from... Yeah, well, uh, you can only get better from here. <laughs> I don't know if you listened to this show before. I don't know about that. But, uh, <laughs> so you're from, obviously you're from like uh, Herefordshire, I've, that's up Staff Midlands sort of area, I would say, is it, would you class that? West Midlands, Midlands, right in the borders of Wales, yeah, it's farming right country, I, I, uh, yeah, so right it's, in the border. Uh, so it's, you've had like, um, I want to, well, I'm just going to get straight into it to be fair, you've had like a bit of a, a bit of a crazy kind of, um, I don't want to say crazy past, because when you say someone's got a crazy past, it's like, what the hell have they done? What have they been up to? <laughs> but you've had that. You've had trials and tribulations, which I want to go into. So um, let's start at the very, 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 very beginning. Because when you sent through your notes to me on the show, I was like, "What? I need to get this girl on the show because she sounds like she's got some some interesting story to tell." So let's go into it from the start of it. Let's whiz all the way back to the younger days. Let's let's start from there. So let's go for it. Floor is yours, Jen. Tell me about what what the ins and outs of young Jem's life. <laughs> uh, well, I started off. Um... Uh, living in in green leafy Herefordshire, um, as uh, sort of with my with my family, we had a small um, uh, small holdings, a very sort of idyllic life, I guess, in in many ways. But um, there was another side to me. So by by weekend, I would be rolling around in mud, and by uh, by week, I was actually training as a as a ballerina. So at four years old, I was tugging on my mum's skirt, begging her to let me dance. Um, like every, for some every, reason, it was it's like every young girl's dream, that isn't it? Well, I think I was too much Andre- Angelina ballerina, which is the my favorite <laughs> book of choice. Um, but I got into dancing <laughs> at four, and um, it sort of just went from that and by sort of nine years old it, things got very very serious um, and I was dancing at a very very high level um training with people far far older than me getting all sorts of auditions and opportunities in in London the Royal Ballet and all the other places um 
And I continued to dance at very, very high level, was pushed through very, very quickly um, and ended up at a dance school. And my, my journey in life was set. I was going to be a professional ballerina and a pretty good one um, at that. I had, uh, I was born um, like a ballerina. There was not, there was, I was just born a ballerina in every way, shape and form. Um, and even when they used to measure various parts of my body, it was, it was perfect for them. Wow. And I it's, loved it. And I, it was going to say, it's, it's a pretty brutal kind of competitive kind of, well, uh, kind of op- uh, occupation, if that makes sense. You want to call it that sort of like, um, you see all the horror stories from different kind of uh, down the road. You see all that, especially from the Russian side sort of thing. You see like you very strict, you must do this, you must do that. I mean, how did you, when you were saying it was such a young age, was it like that when you were that young? Well, it was interesting. It's interesting you say all that actually. Um, and that was what I was exposed to a few years later. It was very, very cutthroat and very like high level, but I was, I suppose I had, been very fortunate to have a ballet teacher in a very small town with a very wonderful ballet teacher who taught me she really was an incredible professional herself and then became a teacher and I was almost protected from that world by this incredible lady who was you know I was terrified of her (laughs) she was and and sort of a um a a well done was kind of a nod but we had a very intimate understanding of of you know, we had a very close relationship. It was very much like Michael Phelps and his coach. It was very, very, um, the respect was incredible. I was going to say the respect between student and teacher sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So she protected me from that a lot, I guess. And I didn't realize till many years later, but actually um, we, we skip a few years. I went from all of that situation. I went off to dance school. Unfortunately, my um, family home sort of broke down and there was all sorts of difficulties and, and with it, my, um, being 12 years old, being pushed super hard in a boarding school was not something I could cope with at that time. And I left and um, things got very, very challenging in my teenage years. Um, long story short, I ended up uh, at 19 years old going off to a Russian ballet company who wow. were summing up basically everything that you just described. But really? I missed out a little step of um, at 15, I became very, very unwell a severe illness and I um ended up uh being given a weekend to live wow and that was a you know a a shock to the system I was diagnosed and and, um hospitalized on the same day and it was just it was a it was a whirlwind um there was very little going for me physically but I was (laughs) I've always been really bloody stubborn and I was not going to lose, not even to this. So all these I West Midlands, all these West Midland girls are stubborn. Oh, I know. That's, Young it. Lasses. That's where it's coming out now. That's it. Exactly. Um, and I fought myself out basically. Um, but over between the ages of 15, and 19, things got very, very hard. My, my amazing dance teacher became very unwell and couldn't teach me oh, anymore. No. And I was lost in the middle with a very turbulent home situation, a very uh, turbulent personal situation, having, uh, come through that and being just fine thanks but really you know that you don't survive something and then come through and have this pursuit of a sport at that level um, yeah. and be just fine thanks kind of thing so there's lots going on um, eventually I ended up going to this Russian ballet company which was very much a stopgap between 
where I wanted to go. I wanted to head off to New York City Ballet and dance with the Americans, but I needed extra training because of all the time being unwell, I'd lost some crucial years of training. So this was a stopgap. But when I got there, it was everything you've just described, black swan through and through, um, you know, dancing for six hours without being able to eat a drink and, and being really brutalized by this teacher. Yeah. These teachers. What were these sort of um, things? If you don't want to dig into what kind of things were they doing when you say brutalized? Was it just like kind of like proper being strict kind of, and being like kind of. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of a given, like the, the pushing you into a stretch thing. That wasn't really the bad stuff. It's kind of like the mental games they would play. Oh, really? um, it was, it was really the schools should be, um, the London Russian Ballet Company should be shut down um, in wow. many ways. Like it was really, you know, terrible, but just um, kind of the girls that were any sort of normal size of, you know, a normal size in, in the loosest sense of the term yeah. um, would be sort of really second out and sort of accidentally knocked over and being like, oh, but you'll bounce sort of thing. And, you know, this kind of concept <laughs> and very cutthroat. Um, and it wasn't where I wanted to be. It was the circumstances of I couldn't then go abroad because of the health issues, all of, all of these things. I ended up there in another life. I would have definitely ended up somewhere else. But all of that said, um, at 19 years old, I went off and I had not, you know, this was my, this was my destiny. Coming back to ballet had saved my life effectively, that, that pursuit of okay. dance. And it had been my, um, my, my whole identity since four years old. But one day standing in class, everyone was looking beautiful and looking at themselves and perfecting their lines in the mirror for the, you know, 30th hour that week. And I was standing there holding my arms, but I was looking at the mirror in the, at the tree outside of the window, not wow. at myself. And at that moment, I had this like melting inside and I turned to this big, wide in every way, um, wide, tall, huge, massive, scary uh, Russian ballet teacher and said, I just turned to him and said, you're, you're killing your dancers here. And I cannot be associated with a world that doesn't respect life because at that moment, what I kind of realized was just how fortunate I was to still be there. And actually yeah. um, between the ages of 15, and 19, I survived a very, very severe illness twice. Um, and I, so I'd been given the shot at life. You know, this was my third time. And that was a gift that I couldn't um, deny in any way. So I packed up my things, walked downstairs, walked out into the streets of London. It was very kind of like a very Netflix or, you know, Hollywood show kind of idea, but a dark rainy night walked out with my ballet shoes over my shoulder saying goodbye to the career. Um, because I knew that it would be, it was near on impossible to get where I wanted to go at that time. Yeah. Um, left with nothing, no one, no identity and not knowing what the fuck to do next excuse my Jesus. friend no no um, no this is this is a, this is a swearing show it's, it's fine it's fine <laughs> worry about that. uh, that's good um but anyway i um so i was left there and it, it was like you know what do you do what do you what do you do at that age you're a retiree at 19 but i really hate losing anything and i i'm very much a problem solver <laughs> because i've had to be all the, all the way through my life i've just had right. to figure things out um and i ended off by getting a qualification as a Pilates instructor, which is my first attempt at entrepreneurship. Um, it's and a good transition when you think about it with the Pilates and the dancing and the ballet. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it can make sense, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so went off, started a 
Pilates company. It was pretty successful. And went to university because uh, my parents decided that was what I should do. And I had no other, I had no idea what else to do. So I found myself at university on a random degree I'd picked it kind of. What did you study? Luck. What did you study? I did psychology, which I wasn't uh, interested in. That's, but, um, that's not a bad, bad degree to get into, to be honest. I think that's a. No, a, a I, good I one. did apply to the, uh, I, I applied to like five top universities with the hope I wouldn't get into any that I could like <laughs> I really didn't want to go and then I got the got the offers and it was like oh shit like now now what do I do now I have to go but anyway when I went there I was in search of a another sport to kind of uh let my my athlete side release um, yeah. and there I um by somehow or other I found triathlon which was triathlon quite- that the trial just is triathlon which the is that three events obviously with the name Swim, bike, run. I'm not gonna lie to you. Was... I'm I'm sorry to jump in there, Jim, but I anyone who does three events in one day <laughs> is a complete lunatic. And it's uh, like well, well yeah, lunatic. Wait till you hear that I um I'd never run more than 5k in my life because we were banned as ballerinas. <laughs> I didn't have a bike and I was so petrified of water that I wouldn't go in a 25 meter pool without a wetsuit on. So she um... signed up, she signed up <laughs> for a triathlon before he even well, and this mentality. Yeah, it was, it was just a ch- like a chase for that challenge. Um, and I didn't just sign up for triathlon like I was going for Ironman. So it was... Um... <laughs> See, even was. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. We're going, I'm going to wait for you to turn where he goes, yeah, then I went to America and did the death race thing over there. Uh, didn't that, <laughs> it was on the list. <laughs> that's next year, Ryan. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's so much to, there's so much more to come. But anyway, I found triathlon, um, which was... <laughs> and I overcame those challenges cured my water phobia by forcing myself into lakes and convincing myself that I didn't need to be scared which I eventually did and progressed quite quickly through the ranks and the plan was to get my professional card in triathlon last year and pandemic happened and injury happened and Ah. it's on delay Um, but through that I found uh, sports marketing figuring out that I needed to work out how to fund my sport which um, afforded me to learn uh, social media which turned into career uh, four-year career kind of I pursued in, in marketing consultancy business development and um, and kind of social media strategy and transitioned out eventually on moving to Mallorca to something that was far more fulfilling and, and true to me um, having sort of 10 years of, of figuring it out I guess um, yeah. and what I do now is basically using my experience to support other people so um, I'm a peak performance coach and help people going from you know, pretty good to bloody great is what, what I do and like aligning all four levels of the, the picture, which I've learned through my various uh, things of doing a lot of things wrong, um, <laughs> quite a few things right as well, and a lot of education in between by life and by uh, degree and education. Um, but the the body, the mind, energy and um, and business as well, which is a kind of four pronged approach to to making success in um, in your business and in your life as well. And it'll be funny, it's this sort of time of what's happening now is uh, probably very significant because that's everyone's feeling the effects of what's going on the past few, well, the past few months, past year, well, this COVID malarkey that's still bombing about. So, I mean, I can imagine a lot of people will be taking you up on helping them out and doing the business. Well, yeah, I think there's, um, it's interesting. I work with people at different levels, um, you know, different scenarios, people that are uh, a lot of people in transition that have gone, hey, actually, there's more to life than 
scheduling my productivity for nine to six and never seeing my children or, you know, whatever, and moving out yeah. of corporate and very successful people that then need that transition support because there's a lot more to it than just changing your job. There's a whole lifestyle aspect. So I do a lot of that. There's also a lot of people that have found themselves with very successful businesses, but perhaps not with the realization of what they need to sustain that success, whether that's success in kind of income or whether that's actually personal, personal like uh, routines and systems and strategies to keep themselves firing on all cylinders. That's another thing I do a lot of. And then some people come to me and it's just purely the mindset. So really working to elevate that mindset, to um, support that mindset. I don't think of myself, you know, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a, any kind of ist or, or, you know, um, psychiatrist, all the rest of it. So lots of people, it's like, (laughs) maybe Um, it's not people that come with me I don't, it's not about fixing you. It's about how do we make you better? And and sometimes it's a case of, Hey, you know, the pandemic has been hard on us all and I've gone slightly off track, but I know I'm, I know there's more in me and how do we, how do we bring that back on path? So that's where I bring my frameworks in and support people with a very, you know, a lot of stuff has happened in my life, which means I am incredibly unjudgmental. There's not much people can say that surprises me um, or, you know, anything like that so often well, i'll tell you what that i approach. put that to the test <laughs> not saying that i've done anything bad i'm like i'm not i'm a hoot oh, no <laughs> no no of course not so when you get into your uh, you, you, you go back to your triathlon have you done have you completed triathlon yet or is it still yeah yeah i've done a lot of yet? triathlons yeah. so i've raced for this this would have been my fifth year i've just got a, a back injury right now so i raced up to like the world my champs goodness. and yeah Jesus, I tell you what. When you do triathlons, what would you like your first one? Because I've always thought like ah. the, the, the 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 first one's always going to be the hardest. Is that is that right? Oh my gosh, was it hard? It was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life. I um, <laughs> I was me being a bit stubborn and you know whatever. I can do this. I I had my first tri- triathlon six weeks after I started, and bearing in mind I'd actually come from a state of not being able to, I was still figure um fixing various health issues. So I hadn't, um, I hadn't raised my heart rate for like eight months prior. And then I yeah. started training and in six months, I, well, uh, six weeks, sorry, I went to a triathlon and I also was like, yeah, sure. I'll be fine on the day with this, this being petrified of water. And it was a lake start as it was in, in, we were in this lake in this stately home. It was all minging and green and horrible, but that wasn't really, first like, thing I'm, in the I'm morning. quite good with mud. Yeah. Mud first to, thing in the morning, know. hating life. Yeah. Wait, Cause I'm not a morning person. I think when they, if you turned into me and said, you can start a triathlon, you can wait until 11 o'clock when it starts to get a bit warm, I'd be okay with that. But if you start at seven no. o'clock in the morning and I'm just like, nah, nah, the sun's not even up. There's mist on the ground. I think I've just seen something that's going to eat me at this time in the morning. I don't want to play. I don't care. Well, yeah, I can, um, I can, yeah, see where you're coming from there. I mean, I'm quite a more, I'm like getting it over and done with. I quite like the mornings. It wasn't, there was nothing to do with the water. What was more scary was this, with the um, start. So I hadn't really thought about how they would start us. And in a triathlon, there's 50 to 100 people, oh, men, women, um, lined up on a start line and they go three two one boom and everyone goes like off like a washing machine and me (laughs) having i just about taken off the wetsuit in the pool but i hadn't quite got the kind of the level of scared or not scaredness um to a level where that was 
you know, I was going to be able to do that. I had a massive panic attack, was sick three times, and I walked the swim. <laughs> so the lake was shallow. So I walked around the edge and grabbed onto the trees at the side, um, got myself out, got myself onto the bike. Uh, I asked every single marshal on the course, which was a 20K bike. It was a, it was a sprint and yeah. um, triathlon. So 800 meter swim, 20K bike. I asked every single marshal whether I had a uh, puncture because I couldn't believe I was going so slowly. Got onto the run. 5K has never felt so long. And I was confident in running. Finished this race. I think I was like six out of eight. So I didn't come last. I got to the finish line and I was just like, well, that just simply won't do. Um, and that was the decision. I That was the day I made the decision that I couldn't be scared of water anymore. And then after that, I took myself off to lakes uh, three times a week, every week for another four weeks and did lots of mental um, strategies, visualization, Jeez. entered another race, came first out of the water and won the race. And it was like, okay, now let's take this seriously. And it kind of went from there. But yeah, hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> it's a bit of a crazy one, isn't it? It's, it's uh, how, I just don't understand. I, just, I'm, I don't even understand runners. I, I'm not, I, I used to be into my fitness before, um, since lockdown. And um, I've just kind of let myself go a bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not as uh, not as fit as I used to be. But back in the day, but I used to hate running. I really couldn't stand it. And I remember going on, you know, these kind of mud runs. You used to remember that, like the, the yeah. mud runs used to be when they got really popular. And uh, you could find one every weekend. You're all someone's popping up with a mud run somewhere. And I remember my mate texted me and he was like, "Do you want to do this mud run?" There's only five k's, and I was like, "Okay, I'll give it a go." And I remember going out the night before. And it was, it was on a Sunday, and I went out the night, I can always remember this. I went out the night before on a Saturday after Saturday night, two o'clock in the morning finishing, and I was outside the kebab van. There's a kebab van, the burger van there, and I'm sitting there all talking to this guy, a few drinks, ah, I was pissed up, and then deciding to go home, and then getting up probably a few hours later, my mate kicking me going, we need to go and do this mud run, and I'm literally getting up and going to this mud run in the middle of nowhere, and I looked up, and it was the same guy on the kebab shop the kebab van, the, the burger van, was there. He just basically went from outside the pub uh, straight there. And he just looked at me and I went, I just served you a few hours ago. <laughs> he goes, are you doing this? And I was like, yep. He goes, you're mental. Uh, and that was just ridiculous. Really and it was uh, that was my first time doing something like that. And uh -huh. yeah, yeah, still, still not a big fan of it, to be fair. I can't lie to you. But I respect mm -hmm. anyone who can do it because to get through something like that, you have to be made of something different than everyone else, to be quite honest with you, or you're just complete mental. Probably about two. You think about both? Yeah. Yeah, mainly the mental bit, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but the craziness, a bit of craziness. Do you use, um, with obviously, you're, you, you've done your, your, your triathlons and your, your business now, do you use anything from what you've learned from when you were younger during your, during your ballerina days? Do you think that is like a, the foundations of what you are now and what you've done? To kind of not giving up and using that sort of mental kind of uh, aptitude to get to where you are. Do you think if you didn't have that, would you be in this sort of mindset now? Hundred percent. There's there's crossover. I mean, we're all um, we all have a very unique story, and that affects us in more ways than we realise. Even you know, our siblings, we think we're brought up the same way. Well, no, they no they weren't things were interpreted differently things were said differently um absolutely for every trial and every tribulation and every high point and low point it's who i am today and yeah. um i make a big point of sort of helping people realize that life doesn't happen to us it happens it happens for us and it's very hard to believe and it's when you're sitting there and you know in the hospital bed or when you're 
your you know career and your world has come tumbling down and you have no idea what to do at that moment it's very hard to have the grace to understand that this is you know a part of a bigger plan but the only way I think to deal with that and turn it positively is by appreciating that actually um this is all you know happening for us and it there will be things to come and so very much all of the extraordinary people I've had the you know the good gift to have met have been a consequence of many of those trials I think certainly um (laughs) I kind of like to say I've definitely developed a I'm pretty unfuckwithable. Like, there's not much that. <laughs> could... a good, what a word! <laughs> uh, I am using that unfuckwithable. Love it. I might have to copyright it quick. Um, but yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not. I'm not scared of much because I know I can overcome it, and I know I understand that emotions are just simply a um, a combination of of chemicals and bodily experience. But when I'm scared, that's the exact same emotion I have at the start line of triathlon. So whether yeah. I'm scared because I'm going to see a boss or a client that's, you know, I've done something wrong or I'm scared because I'm at the front of a, you know, five hour race, racing my heart out for a gold medal. It's the same information. So how do I interpret that differently? So that's been very, very useful. And I think also the, the discipline and the um, dedication that definitely comes from my sport and transfers in my business. Now, it's really important to remember that some of these traits are super, super powerful, but they can also go out of control. And like, mm. I'm very prone to overworking and burnout. And I've done that a few times. And so now I've learned the methods to prevent that. So it's, um, and we see this a lot. We like put these, gold uh, gold medalists on a or athletes on a on a pedestal and it's like all these traits are amazingly powerful but we also see the times when people have come out of sport or they've had injuries and they mm. uh, I don't know lots of athletes go on drinks or drugs or like you know they have divorces and they have all these problems because they don't know how to regulate that stuff that was regulated before in their in their sporting setting and so having that kind of awareness of how that works, which has taken me a lot of kind of personal insight and um, a number of kind of amazing mentors, whether in business or, or a personal development of different types to have that level of awareness um, of like where these traits are positive and negative. But 100%, it, um, it's made me who I am. And also um, it means I can share that for others because not yeah. everyone has this experience. And I've got to say, there's a lot of things that were very hard that, I I've learned incredible lessons for, and I'm so grateful for that insight, but I don't believe everyone should have to have that horrible experience. You know, if I can tell them what I learned from it and so you can learn it in 10 minutes, what I took 10 years to do, that is my duty as someone that's been through this to help others not have to. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those age old questions, isn't it? It's just when you bring it down to like teaching, it's like a lot of people saying that I don't respect anyone who's a teacher at 23, 24 sort of thing or 22 because of not experienced life. It's similar sort of thing. And that sort of mentality. Do you, would you respect anyone? Would you respect someone who's been through trauma and then someone who's not been through trauma? I don't know. It's one of those like kind of ongoing well, things. I think, Respect is, you know, there's a, there's a very um, kind of interesting term. And I think there's a lot more to that. What I say to people is, it is interesting because I am, I am 25 years old and lots of people are very surprised. Like when they hear me just as a voice and they don't see me, they're like, you know, are you 40, are you 45? Because I've done so much in my life. Well, not be funny. Um, you started and, off when you were like four years old, really, to be fair. That's where your journey well, exactly, started, wasn't exactly. it? <laughs> so you've lived but, a life um, before 10 years old. So most people don't even live anything to do with that sort of aspect of it. Uh, yeah, there's a, like a fair point. Um, 
I also work with a lot of executives and CEOs and maybe 50 or 60, like they could well be my father or you know, at least double my age. Yeah. However, the thing is, I always say to people, you know, it's all very well when people are like, oh, I just stay in the job for another, till I get the next promotion or another 10 years or, you know, this person has 30 year, years experience. No, you don't. You have 30 times the exact same year, right? I have a lot of varied experience and, yeah. you know, my experience is very broad. I don't see the need to um, continue in things that don't serve me for longer just to prove that I have 30 years experience doing it. Uh, a good example is I, I um, had a very successful marketing agency, but within 10 months, I was literally burnt to a crisp. My personal life was non-existent. My my health was declining. My mindset, yeah. was, I was just miserable. Um, and it was, oh, just stick with it another year. Why do I, why, what am I proving by that? And so this is um, something that's quite interesting as well is actually like, you know, you, you can pass time or you can pass life. And I choose to pass life. You know, it's not just time I'm counting. It's actually how, how I'm filling that, that time in those years. That's a great way of putting it, to be fair, passing time and passing. That's a great, that's a great, great way of like kind of describing it. Because I can imagine there's a lot of people listening to this. Um, oh, I like I like to think there's a lot of people listening to this. To be honest, begging myself up, but and a, yeah. and a standpoint was probably the same because a lot of things have been happening over the past year with the COVID situation. A lot of people have been um, been made redundant. A lot of people have been doing this, but one more and more you've seen is a lot of people starting their own business. They've been doing all that, mm. and the, the 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 pressure under from past experience, I've been one of them started my own business with a small family and, and that is immense I, this wasn't even in a pandemic so it was just a normal well i was gonna say normal s time but doing that during the pandemic you can imagine that a lot of people are going through similar sort of things they're they're burning out because the pressure that's been put on them even if they've got a family to provide for or they've got a roof over the head it's so you, you can everyone thinks oh uh why you burnt out so quick but it does it, it happens like in a blink of an eye you know, you, just, you don't need to sit there and spend a year doing it, but it just happens. Literally, you don't even expect it. And uh, it's something well, that a lot of people really need to kind of take advice, uh, will take, well, understand that it's... So amazing. true, so true. And, you know, one of the biggest things I can recommend in that situation is having a mentor or a coach or someone to see the bigger picture because when you're in it, you don't you don't see it. And I can tell it, you know, tell you this from a self-confessed, I'm going to figure out myself the road. Yep. Like yep. I would never let anyone help. Like I was a strong kid and all the rest of it, but I was just, I was doing okay. And then I would burn out and then I'd bounce back and then I'd burn out and then I'd bounce back. And it was so inconsistent. And when you've got a family, when you've got a mortgage to pay, when you've got these things, you mm. can't do that. You can't afford to do that. And people always like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not investing in, you know, getting someone to help me. I'm not, you know, whatever, or I can do it all myself. It's like, well, you can, yes, but do you want to get consistent results or do you just want to get results? Because yeah. you may get, you know, short fleeting results, but you know, that doesn't, short fleeting results don't pay a mortgage. They don't look after your kids. They don't create the legacies you can give to your kids after, you know, you, you, you pass, whatever. And that's where mentors come in that can really guide you through this. And there's a lot of really crappy mentors out there. And I've had uh, my, I was reluctant to get a business coach for ages and ages and ages. And I ended up by getting a really bad one, which was the best thing ever because I knew what I didn't want before I found a mentor. And I'd always say, um, I always position myself as 
more of a mentor than a coach. A coach like does it for you uh, a little bit more, tells you what to do. And I believe yeah. in mentorship where I'm, I'm guiding, but you're the one that's living this. So you make the ultimate decision. And that's where very much I stand. Um, and I was mentored by people that saw these things before I did. So I didn't have to get to the deepest, darkest. I want to just, you know, go in a hole with Netflix. Um, I, I didn't have to get there because there were people looking out for me that could tell me before I got there. And which yeah. is a much you know, you talk about return investment and like, you know, just don't go so deep that you don't get out, which a lot of people do when they're going on their own. So that's where I think um, it's very, very wise to have someone keep an eye on things, whether that is, you know, someone in your personal life, maybe there's someone, um, you know, that can do that or a friend slightly removed from you. You want someone, you know, it can't be a partner or a sister or a sibling or something like that because they know you too well in a sense that like you need yeah. someone that has the helicopter view um but if you have that person i i i just cannot recommend it enough um it will streamline the process that took me 10 years <laughs> no and it's way. also it's probably also having the uh, obviously coming from my experience i know this for a fact that you need to really put your pride to one side as well because it's you think that it's your baby it's your thing that you've created and it's this is your life you you have to really kind of take a step back and actually be humble enough to let it go and just say, no, I do need to admit to yourself that you do need to have someone to come in and tell you what to do and tell you what you're doing wrong and take the criticism and stop being such a proud bastard, if that makes sense. Yeah, you do it and you do in some ways, but I've got to say, if like if there's ever a coach that tells you like do it their way or the highway, you need to sack that coach. And that's why <laughs> I like you need to have complete and ultimate like responsibility. Yeah. But I I think there's very important to have some sort of lighthouse to signal when things are going off track. So um and it depends what you need as an individual and there's maybe different things with different needs, like specific coaches with specific things. Like you may have a relationship coach or you may have a sales coach you may have a i don't know bodybuilding coach whatever specific things that where you get a specific plan but i think yeah. having that like ultimate guidance from some some place like a mentor or someone in your in your social circle that can be that um that that kind of the big picture guy um to help nudge you back on track or to stop you going off track i think is that that's that's the real key have you ever, because obviously what you're doing, it's, there's a lot of the, a lot of people out there, you mentioned as well, there's a lot of coaches out there who are bad and there's a lot of this. So have you, it, it can be a bit of a toxic industry, especially with the people oh, around true. about it. Have you ever had, have you had any sort of like kind of people try to kind of blackball you and say, oh, don't go to see Jim, she's rubbish, doesn't know what she's talking about and try and nick your business and stuff. Is it, is it, is it that Did, bad, I, did I mention that I was unfuckwithable? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's tried? very much an energy thing. To be honest, um, I, I haven't had those people trying to steal my business because in a sense, like I, I do some, my story is quite unique. I'm not mm. afraid of competition at all. We all have different ways of being, they, they, you know, there's no point in competing with me because I want us all to win. They, if they're, if they're trying to compete with me and steal my business, <laughs> I throw it back to them and go, okay, what's going on inside? Because you don't want my business, something, something else is, is you're, you're struggling with something. And I kind of reverse reverse it i guess and and realize it often when people are doing bad you know hurt people hurt people so what what is that what what is that um inside of them what experiences led them to this so i haven't had you know that bad experience touch wood um and i am very very forthcoming with collaborations and so i, I suppose i put myself in a relatively vulnerable situation because i meet so many people and give a lot mm. of free value i believe in 
giving goodness. Not only does it mean people can try before they buy, they can trust me more before we actually get into this deep work. And what I do is relatively deep work. So it's important to have that. Also, it challenges me to elevate even more because if I'm giving, you know, bucket loads of awesome value away for free, then what do I have to do when I, I'm paid? Like it has to go up another level. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I, I'm, I guess I put myself in a vulnerable situation, but I'm very confident in what I give. I have amazing clients that are, uh, you know, transformed in, in their life and their approach and different things like that. I don't need to be someone I'm not. And it is absolutely impossible to replicate what I do in the way I do it. Just like if you and I both say the exact same sentence, Joe Bloggs that's watching or listening in is going to interpret that in completely different ways. So there doesn't need to be a fear of competition. There's enough for all of us, um, right? And I just think you've got to be careful when it's coaches that are, there's two things, coaches that haven't invested in their own coaching run a mile. Second thing, coaches that are trying to solve their own problems by being a coach run even further um just things to watch out for there you go fantastic fantastic so jim where can we what, what's next for you you've got you've got all this you've you've been through a lot so far what's what's next on the horizon oh lots of um really exciting things have just been opening up so um the main one which is super super cool and imminently launching is my program so i'm i do currently one-to-one coaching but i'm opening up a program called the best rich life accelerator which is taping people high striving kind of um individuals in business uh, or people that have achieved relatively um good uh, levels of kind of success in their business so far, but want to yeah. take things up a notch. Um, and we work together to really empower um, the individuals to take ownership of their life as a whole. And we touch across the, the body budget, mindset mastery, energy drivers, and business systems. And it's a, a, a program with um, education that's recorded as well as uh, lots of group input um, and uh, community kind of aspects as well, networking and experts, all sorts of goodness. Um, and so that is launching in October, the Best Rich Life Accelerator. Um, my book, Becoming CEO of Your Best Rich Life is going to be self-published very soon mm-hmm. uh, before the end of the year, just tying down the, um, the, the printers and the publishers, which is super exciting. Um, and yeah, just continuing to give as much value as possible to like the people around me and using my story to hopefully inspire and help others um, as well. And that's my real mission right now. Fantastic. And where, pe- where can people find you? Not in life, so obviously. If- they don't come to your house and that, but yeah, where can so people find you don't. Um, Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the best place to like find the day-to-day and, and just um, contact me um, is on Instagram probably. So that's at Jem Cooper, J. E.M. Cooper. Um, and then you can check me out on my website at www.carriejemimacooper.com, which is where you can find my programs and details um, as well. But I'd love to connect. I'm, I'm such a, um, I spend so much of my time connected with people because it just fills me with so much joy. So do reach out if you have a story that's anyway similar. If you're going through a transition, I'm always um, so sort of excited to to share a little bit of insight and and see if I can help you as well so do reach out fantastic well Gem it's been an absolute pleasure it's been great hearing your story and I really hope people listen do can I uh, get inspired by it because it's it's a fascinating story you've had and uh, it's going to be amazing for the future hopefully everything goes well with the book you need to let me know so I can pick one up and uh, guys if you're listening if you want to know all the details will be in the description below so have a look at that 
and uh, connect with Gem on Instagram. Get in there, get involved, tell your story, chew your ear off and say that I sent you and say, I've been on the podcast, I want to talk to you. Yeah, and that's it, basically. It. So go. So, Gem, well, it's been you. an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, yeah, good luck and everything that's going on. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. And thanks, everyone, for listening.